Linux Games Podcast. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam. Brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux. And beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of a Podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of these are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Hello, nerd faces. Uh, welcome to episode number 459 of the Bethlehem Extremes Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Friday, the 25th of August, 2023 at 1500 hours. I mean, like 3 o'clock p.m. Pacific Coast time. Left coast, coast with the most crack engineer. Wapow! I have Ormelina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign. That means he's fired. Oh, uh, you're fired, I were. Uh, Good. That would, of course, make it for our sequel friends 2023 085 1500 hours of doom. We have a um, a very big, very short show for you this week. Try saying that five times fast. Um, so let's get straight to our top stories. First of all, um, I've been playing the fuck out of Baldur's Gate 3. Um, 
Like, I mean, the unholy, unlivable fuck out of Baldur's Gate 3. And I have two major criticisms and one fix for one of the major criticisms that you can uh, implement as soon as possible. And I would heartily recommend that you do. The first is that there's a problem with the, the Steam Sync Save System and Baldur's Gate 3. Try saying that five times fast while you're missing a front tooth. Um, the Steam Sync Save System is fucked up. So you have to disable um, the cross save in Baldur's Gate, and you also have to disable the Steam Sync save in the Steam properties for Baldur's Gate. One is in-game, one is out-of-game. Now, the reason for this is... And we'll... we'll just briefly, because I only have... I have a limited amount of time for this week's episode, which kind of sucks because there's some things I want to talk about more, but hey, it's called fucking life, motherfuckers. Deal with it! Oh, we'll get the case, won't we, Ivar? Set the timer for ten minutes! Oh, I Give me ramming speed! Um, so the problem with this is in Baldur's Gate 3, when you go to save or quick save, which is if you're save scum like me, or if you want to just like more fully explore like, you know, the possible outcomes of different dialogue trees and just see what happens and, you know, it's kind of fun. It's also kind of obsessive of me to, I should just go with the fucking game. And I generally have gotten better at getting back into the swing of just going with the fucking game. But there will be times where you will forget to save if you're just going with the fucking game instead of being save scum. Um, and I love that they included F5 to do quick saves. Uh, I wish they had a F9 for quick load. But anyway, so you'll end up in combat if you don't if you don't save all the time, save really save often. You'll go through like a major combat engagement, like a big fucking battle that's like really hard and takes like, you know, maybe an hour and a half even, especially if you're stoned, it can easily take an hour and a half. Um, and you know, you know, you'll die and that's like for one run, you'll die a couple times and you know, you'll, you'll lose some people and you'll, you'll reload and then you'll finally rejigger your strategy to fucking adequately counter what's being thrown at you and you'll be winning or you'll win and this is what happened this has happened to me multiple times now in the game you'll win you'll win the fucking difficult battle whether or not you had to like reload or whatever it doesn't matter so then you go to save immediately after you win before you loot because you're tired because you're stoned and you're drunk and you won and you did well and you you know it was great it worked out well um and it was really hard you'll press the F5 button or you'll go to the menu and you know create a new save and in the top left hand uh, top left corner of the screen it'll say save syncing and there are normally this goes okay but there are times where it doesn't and when it doesn't it will never stop syncing and that means and this is so fucking stupid on on Larian's I think that's the name of the developers part 
instead of saving the game to disk first and then syncing that to the Steam Cloud or the cross-play save server or whatever the fuck, it does it the other way around. Meaning it will not save your game at all if it encounters a bug for the cross-play or Steam save, the network save, so that, you know, your save is in the cloud. This means you lose everything that you've done since the save prior to that save. Meaning that you lose the entire battle, you have to do the whole fucking battle again, and there's nothing more frustrating in this game then, and we'll talk a little bit more about this. We're, oh man, we're going to run out of time here really fast. Anyway, so you have to disable both of those things. The other thing that I've noticed is there are still significant bugs in Baldur's Gate 3, especially when it comes to combat, especially also when it comes sometimes to certain scripted um, cutscenes that are triggered by player events like, you know, you walk into a certain area that doesn't actually have, like, um, even if you're stealthing it, doesn't have, like, enemy cones of vision, the red cones of vision or whatever on the ground or whatever. Sometimes those will trigger but they won't be displayed and you won't be able to interact with them and you won't be able to see them or hear them. This is also, there are other types of bugs too that I've encountered but really, it's the save thing that bothers me the most just turn off those two things and it'll save straight to your disc and eventually I'm sure Larian will fucking fix it, but like I can't believe that they're this stupid, I've lost maybe seven to eight hours of gameplay because of the save bug, the other bugs you know fuck it, it's a very big complicated game and you know it does suck that, well we'll talk more about that later but yeah, the game's fucking amazing I, I, in fact, I, this is the best Baller's Gate ever, it's the best Dungeons and Dragons game ever it's one of the best role playing games I've ever played in my entire life ever, it's like mm, it's like Prior to this game, it used to go Baldur's Gate. Okay, so my favorite role-playing games, if you exclude Fallout 2, um, well, yeah, they went, well, you can't exclude Fallout 2. So Fallout 2, uh, probably Dragon Age is probably at the top. I never got to beat Dragon Age, and I never played any of the sequels. Or maybe I did, I can't remember. I don't know. Morgan. Morgan! Um, or whatever her fucking name was. Uh, that game, like, redefine like, narrative storytelling. Uh, oh, Morrowind is above Dragon Age. Morrowind, the best Elder Scrolls game ever made. Then Dragon Age. Then, uh, Baldur's Gate 1. I didn't play Baldur's Gate 2. Uh, but now, it's like Baldur's Gate 3. It goes, like, Fallout 2, Baldur's Gate 3. And then also, you could, uh, include Cyberpunk 2077 in that, but... I lost all my playtime and statistics for Cyberpunk 2077, which fucking pisses me off, because friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, finally is, is has been playing Cyberpunk 2077, and I was like, oh, okay, fine, I'll go back and I'll finally beat it with my third character, who's at the very end of the game. And I've, I just didn't want to beat the fucking game. Um, and it's all gone. It's all gone. 
all of it, including all my achievements. I have no idea how this happened. Maybe because I didn't have Steam saves enabled. This is going to be like a kind of a weird theme for this week's episode. So that that concludes our Baldur's Gate criticism uh, thing. And just it's a big helpful tip though. If you do play BG three, fucking disable that fucking Steam sync and the crossplay sync. One is in game, the other one is in the actual Steam client properties of the game. Do that, and it will just write your saves to hard drive, which is way better. Because there have been times where, like, I've I've looted, I've spent like an hour looting really complex rooms and doing really complex inventory management and like rejiggering all of my equipment and everything, and I got me a fucking hour and a half of really tedious, not tedious, but like detailed shit and customization, and then I've gone to my camp and I've rested, or not rested, but like uh, rejiggered my spells and stuff, and then. All of it's gone. Which sucks! So, don't let it happen to you. Uncheck those two boxes. Okay, we gotta, we gotta turn and burn here. I we're basing with the new and noteworthy, because we have a dual feature this week. It is Armored Core 6 versus Whisker Squadron Survivor. And we're gonna cover Whiskey, Whisker Squadron Survivor in our new and noteworthy. Bam! <laughs> I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Okay, so one of my favorite games that uh, is available as a free demo has finally come out into early access now. It's called Whisker Squadron Survivor. It is... Uh, oh, shit. Ivor, you're fired! Whisker Squadron Survivor is 20% off at $11.99 now through August 28th. And what it is, is it's Star Fox running a rail shooter, an infinite rail shooter, um, through various different um, environments with hundreds and hundreds of enemies. Like, the sheer scale and scope of the destruction and the awesome, mindless fucking flight with intermittent upgrades. You get these coins every time you make a kill. And there's a combo meter that uh, increases the amount of um, coin uh, of experience. It's, it's like a roguelite shooter on rails in procedurally generated Star Fox-like hyper-techno super rad environments with really multiple different fucking aircraft that you can fly in a far-flung futuristic science fiction um Omega War where you have to survive 10 rounds each round takes about 2 minutes so it's like a 20 minute run um so it's like Vampire Survivors but crossed with Star Fox it is fucking awesome it is so much fun to play it was fun to play the demo I put fucking five hours into this since uh, it came out yesterday um Whisker Squadron Survivor $12 through August 28th it is awesome the the shit that you will see in this game will blow your fucking mind especially if you're high especially if you're drunk and high. Always fly Whisker Squadron drunk and high if you want to survive. That's the moral of the story. Also, another game, and it runs great on Linux. Another game that I got yesterday that launched 
that dropped yesterday is evidently a reboot of Saints Row. It has been received with, oh boy, unpleasant reviews. They're now trending towards mix, but I bought it. The fact that the game launched with a um, uh, an introductory offer of 67% off, because this game's a year old, uh, but it's the, the PC debut of it, um, 67% off, $19.79 down from $59.99 for the basic edition, which is what I have. I haven't even had time to boot it up. But, what you get, I just wanted to mention that that's out there, because Saints Row 4 is one of my favorite games of all time. Saints, I, I never got to play Saints Row 1 or 2, um, or 3, actually. I only played Saints Row 4 and um, got out of hell the uh, expansion pack, which was great. Saints Row 4, though, is one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life. Ever. Period. Bar none. It's like easily has to be in my top 30 games ever made. Um, which is something that we were supposed to be doing this week. Speaking of which, as we approach our feature now, um, because we're going to draw comparisons between Whiskers, Whiskers Quadrant Survivor and our feature of course, this week, a game that dropped yesterday, Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon. Um, I totally lost my train of thought there, but uh, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Saints Row... Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah I, I haven't played it yet. I don't even know if it runs well on Linux, but... I know that Whisker Squadron Survivors does and that game is fucking, if, if there is a fucking one game out of this entire episode that you should buy if you have any fond memories of Star Fox. I mean, you can barrel roll. It is a game built for speed. There's a light strategy. As you collect coins, you fill up your upgrade meter, then you get your choice of one of three upgrades that are selected randomly. You have multiple ships, multiple upgrades. It's got deep deep, mindless playthrough value. Uh, it gets really hard, and the degree of of um, visual madness that you will see during a single run will blow your fucking mind. Um, oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. We were supposed to do, um, this week, we are supposed to do our Best Links Games podcast hits 2,000 games uh, episode, but it'll have to wait until next week, it might actually have to wait till the end of the year if, depending on how things shake out, because I still owe you six reviews from the last six months now, because it's, yeah, eight, yeah, so, yeah, six months, I owe six reviews that we have not gotten to, so that's gonna be six weeks. Anyway, we will get, maybe we'll do it at New Year's, 2,000 games, it's fucking unbelievable. Um, Alright, based on what the feature, we now interrupt this program for our featured presentation. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the feature... Oh my god, it's Bolivians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature, I can't read you. I can't read you, I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. So, Armored Core 6 
Fires of Rubicon. The sequel to one of my all-time, well, I mean, it's my favorite, one of my favorite mech games. My favorite mech games go like this. Goes Mech Warrior 2, uh, Armored Core 2, um, and I'm probably forgetting a couple in between, but like, that's it for real mech games, in my humble opinion. And Armored Core 2 has been a wound in my brain because it never got a proper sequel. Now, so I, to say that I've been heavily awaiting from softwares, and that's going to be crucial, uh, treatment of the Armored Core franchise, which has much, has as much in common with the Mech Warrior 2 franchise, uh, and less in common with any other mech game that's ever been made ever since. One was in cockpit, uh, Armor Core 2 was always behind your mech, uh, and Spider-Mechs were the best, by the way. Sp- the quads, Spider-Mechs were the fucking best. They were awesome. Oh, so many weapon systems. But anyway, they both relied, both of those two games, their fundamental core mechanic relied on upgrading your mech. And upgrading your mech in incremental improvements to get uh, advantage in Armored Core 2 it was actually just straight up arena combat um, in Mech Warrior 2 you had to have a multifunctional uh, kind of role and had to balance out heat requirements um, and CPU loadout and stuff like that same thing in Armored Core 2 it was very much a technical tuning it was like the Grand Tur- they were both like the Gran Turismo of mech games. They were meant to be real semi-realistic simulations of what it would be like to pilot a giant robotic mech that is, well, in the case of Mech Warrior, generally 30 stories tall, you know, or less. Oh, that was the other game. Uh the, the mech game for the Jaguar actually was probably probably my favorite before but it, it goes underneath arm AC2. Anyway. So, I've waited like 25 fucking years for a goddamn worthy sequel to Armored Core 2. Armored Core 6 Fires Rubicon which will run you a pretty fucking penny. It is $59.99. Um runs great on Linux. That's the first good thing I can say. I have to couch the rest of everything I'm about to tell you that I'm withholding full judgment. I just want to give you my first impressions of this game. And thank you to friend of the show, Red Faster, who updated me as he kept playing it because I got fucking angry very quickly last night after the game finally unlocked. And it unlocked late. Two. It unlocked at like three o'clock Pacific time. It's like fifteen hundred. It unlocked at fifteen hundred actually yesterday. Um, I had seen that he had bought AC six um, in pre order, just as I had in my game feed. This is props to Steam as well, the Steam client for showing me that. So I knew to reach out to him and ask him if he could help me. Um, prior to the game's release because if you buy a game like this in pre-release that means you're a sick motherfucker who really wants this game to you know sing you really want it to be 
you know, you're really pumped for it. In fact, I said that I had my fingers crossed so hard on both hands that I could write with my left hand using my right hand. That's how hardcore my fingers were crossed. Unfortunately, and so he has stayed me, though, because he played like eight to ten hours of this game yesterday and gave me a a tiny write-up because we both agreed that we were not satisfied off the bat um, with the game. And what do I mean by that? Okay. But he did end up updating me at like fucking four o'clock in the morning with his thoughts. Just, just, you know, a simple paragraph um, explaining you know, but he, he too is disappointed at first. And after sleeping on it, I am less disappointed, and especially hearing Red Faster, who I know knows his armored core, um, and is a fucking technical, technical motherfucker in terms of like real life, you know, like, uh, he, you know, he, 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 he's, um, he's technically literate. You know what I mean? Like, he, he knows his shit. Mm. And has evinced similar opinions about other things, game-wise, as myself. Sorry, I'm choking on my own cigarette. Oh, God. So, many thanks to Red Faster for staying my hand, because I was going to obliterate this fucking game. What is core to a mech game? For me, it is... I don't like Gundam. I want a mech game. I want a mech game. I want to feel the fucking unbelievable power. Tactical, strategic, not turn-based. I want to be in real time of combat. Of It's almost like a flight simulator. I want to know my mech's capabilities. I want to upgrade those capabilities. I want to be able to buy new parts. I want to optimize my the mech as I have it or buy a new one buy a new chassis fucking put more legs on it fucking take two legs off fucking do whatever the fuck I want to do with it and do I want it to be ECCM do I want it to be electronic uh, countermeasures you know based do I want to does it serve a strategic purpose or is this like AC2 where it's like an arena thing where I have to fucking beat this guy and I can see his stats and I'm like okay I need to fucking be able to counter those stats and be open and flexible enough to handle surprises do I need a multifunctional fucking now we're shifting back over to Mech Warrior 2 the bottom line is I also want to feel like I am in a fucking robot I want to be I want robot jocks type mechs although robot jocks type mechs are a little too athletic and no one's gonna remember robot jocks except for like I don't know. I don't think anyone's going to remember Robot Jocks. Fucking tubies. Um, but yeah, go look it up. It's a movie. It's a, it's a good movie. <laughs> it's a super cool movie for, from my childhood. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was awesome. It was an awesome mech movie. I hate the Jaeger Core fucking um, Pacific Rim style mechs, like where it takes two people. I think that's stupid. It should take one pilot. Although, like, I can see having, you know, like a fucking uh, AH-64, like an Apache. You know, you have two pilots. You have one guy who's handling the main gun, which also has auto-targeting and the fucking most sophisticated fucking, you know, blah. But he's also handling 
um, he's handling that main Vulcan and he's handling uh, the targeting and prioritization of targets and also the any countermeasures that you can employ, which I, I'm not sure if the AH-64 actually has any countermeasures because really it's just so fast that it could get out of the way of any server. Anyway, but these are the same types of considerations that should be necessary in a mech game for me. You have to be able to dodge, to evade, or have a shield. One of my, f- the third favorite mech game of all time is, um, fuck, uh, Cyber, Cyber, goddamn it's, uh, fuck, Super Nintendo, Cyber, Cybernator, Cybernator. I can never remember the name of that fucking game. Anyway, all of these games have one thing in common the sense that you are in a slow moving or very fast in terms of Mech Warrior and AC2. You could be very fast. And actually, you could be very fast in Cybernator as well. These upgrades and stuff have to come at the cost of other upgrades. So you can't have, you have to, it's a juggling and delicate balancing act. It's just like tuning used to be in, um... Oh, God! Ace Combat 2! Ace Combat 2! I think it was called Fires of Liberty. Um, the one... Garuda 1! Garuda 1! I mean, there is nothing like feeling that you are in a simulation of a giant fucking robot that, like, feels real and has, like, parts that can get blown off and systems that can go down and heat sinks that have to be drained and CPU cycles and targeting systems that have to have power and actual CPU cycles, you know, to generate your targeting apparatus. You know, how, how, how detailed a targeting do you want? Are you a sniper? Um, are you, are you multi, all this shit. So that that's that's what all three of those games. One of them is a side-scrolling platformer for fuck's sake. That's what all three of those games have in common. And that and I understand that not everyone shares my exact fucking uh what my idea of a the greatest mech game ever is. You know, I want it to be real time. Some people like turn based. I can't stand turn based mech games. It's just like fucking, ugh. It just kills like all the joie de vivre I have of like being in a fucking 30 foot tall robot. Uh, I don't like, squ- I want to be alone. I, I mean, if I have squad mates, they should have AI. Um, you know, that's Mech Warrior 2. Uh, Armored Core 2 is one of the best mech games ever because it brought all of this into an arena-based context where you could literally, in between matches, you know, you'd have to pick your matches carefully, but you wanted to pick them for the prize money and for the, you know, the, the, um, it was very much gladiatorial. And then your upgrades. That's one of the reasons why I loved, um, the actual gladiatorial game, uh, We Who Are About to Die, which I hear rumors is coming out of early access soon. And I can't wait to fucking finally review that game when it, oh man, played so much of that game. Mm. You know, you upgrade your systems and you compromise and you only have limited resources. And then you go out and you get fucking murdered because, it, in the wor- mortal words of Mike Tyson, everyone's got a plan until they get Punched in the fucking face, motherfucker. Um, so yeah. 
So that's like that's the excitement of of, of mech games because it's like this whole big weapons platform that is more dynamic, but not so dynamic as Gundam. I hate Gundam, and my biggest fear and the biggest flaw in almost all mech games especially ones that use third person anything, if you're not in the cockpit and you're not in the cockpit for this game but that's okay because Armored Core has always been not in the cockpit that's a franchise hallmark okay yeah I know Ivor seriously 10 minutes right Ivor I can trust you that's right look at the case Gregor 10 more minutes and we're out of here uh, so in Armored Core 6 fires Rubicon they fall for the biggest and this is just my first impression and I reserve the right absolutely to to you know um not to correct but to uh, update this in my final review the biggest flaw of all mech games that suck is the same flaw that go back and listen to our first season Somewhere in there, there's a game where we... There's an episode where we just go through six of the most popular Marble Madness-style type games that are available for Linux at the time. And it's like, why do all these Marble games suck my balls? Or something like that. And the reason all of those Marble games and almost all mech games that are real-time end up sucking. A really good entry, though, by the way, if you have a VR headset, is that one fucking VR game. Um, uh, shit, I can't... Hang on. Let me find it. Vox Machina was a fucking great game. It, it was multiplayer VR mech game. You had a big air horn, like a fucking uh, big wheeler. Anyway, the thing is, just as all those marble games got one fucking thing wrong, basically toroid physics, um, most mech games get one thing wrong, meaning mech physics. Does it feel like I am in a mech? Or does it feel instead like this game easily, with a substitution, a retargeting of the animations, does it feel, with a different model, a humanoid, bipedal fucking model, with hands and shit, which is a stupid model for fucking mechs. Oh, that's another good game. Titanfall and Titanfall 2. And Titanfall 2 runs great on Linux, I think. Uh, yes, it does, actually, if I remember correctly. Um, that's a great mech game, but those aren't huge mechs. Those are just big mechs. Uh, and those also have like the Master Blaster um, out of the mech kind of stuff and the mechs are almost but anyway that game's fucking phenomenal and it's super fun to play so does the mech feel like you are piloting a giant fucking robot or does it feel like you're running like a 3D version of Prince of Persia the marble games fail because they confuse the fact that, like, a marble is not a person, a bipedal person who can, you know, there's, and there's no torrate physics, there's no, uh, power sliding. They're, cause they're not using the, they're, they're replaced, they're making a, they're making a 3D platformer when they're, they should be making, they're purporting to make a model game, 
a marble game, but they are not making a marble game. They're making a 3D platformer. And they just don't realize it, or they're not sophisticated enough to realize it. So, same thing goes with fucking mech games. And the Armored Core franchise has built itself out of this fucking heavy goddamn, we're talking unbelievably capable, flexible, dynamic, uh, you know, like almost like Robot Wars type mechs where you have to make compromises and decisions in your mech design. And it feels fucking real. It does not when you're piloting a spider mech in that game in Armor Core 2, it does not feel the same way as walking around and shooting shit. So now, now that we've belabored the point adequately enough and we have five more minutes, uh, I think I will give you my first impressions, having qualified them to death and caveated them to hell, as James Gandolfini in, in the loop might say. Oh, I want to get the fucking case! Twelve! Twelve soldiers? Yeah, twelve soldiers. That's that's all we're going to have left. No, twelve thousand. But, see, that's the number that's going to die. And problem with a war is you want to have some truce left over so it looks like you won. Um, <laughs> cheers, more whiskey. So from software, and I have my that's the other caveat I need to add. From software, I've made no shame about my opinions about From Software's design ethos. I thought Sekiro was fucking phenomenal. I got to the very end of Sekiro, I never beat it. Because I just didn't I couldn't bring myself to want to let the game go. Um, which is a, a thing that happens to me with games that I really love. So, like, don't try to hit me for saying, oh, get good, motherfucker. Yeah, well, you fucking beat Sekiro. And then you talk to me about get good, fucking idiots, fucking deified fucking morons. You're deifying a fucking developer who, instead of actually making better games, just makes games that are harder and more repetitive. It's not even... I mean, and I also thought Dark Souls 1 was fucking fantastic. And that was, like, at the time, the hardest game that I'd ever played in my entire fucking life. Um, that game was amazing! Um, but then they just keep doing this. And this is them taking over a franchise that I love. A franchise, one of the few franchises that ever stayed true to what mech to me, what mech combat is all about. And granted, you know, other people have different opinions. I mean, there are tons of people who like Gundam. I don't judge them for that, but like, I'm putting my prejudices on the table here. So, here's my list. First of all, From from Software should not have made this game. Something, as Red Faster said, echoing my own fucking thoughts. Like, it was like, obvious by the time he said it, I'm like, He's like, yeah, you know, something went very wrong in the development of this game. Like, this game got handed off from someone to someone else to someone else to someone else and ended up at From as a passion project. Because this is every worst fear that... Now, again, this game is very, very fun to play. It is just... And it's gorgeous. That's the other thing I should say up front. Say the positive things up front for this, because I'm going to just savage this in the next three minutes, and then I gotta go. The game is fucking gorgeous to play. The controls are tight. Um, they're not perfect, though, which is something you would expect 
them to be able to get right, which only further enhances the sense that they should not have been involved in making this game and designing this game. Um, the graphics are off the charts, and the the fucking boss fights are on a on a level that is unbelievable. The uh, degree of freedom of control for being only using a controller is amazing. It is a it is a different thing because you can fucking fly very far forward and fly very far up. You can jinx in the air in any direction for a long time. Um, you know, it, it's it's almost six degrees of freedom, but with you know using jump jets and then um, fucking ground jets uh, for speed boost propulsion and then dodging. And you can also air dodge, and it's all very easy. It's all right there at your fingertips, and the game runs amazingly. And it fucking, the, it's it's insanely gorgeous. It is really, really pretty. So, uh, the environments I've only seen one of them look like they were stolen directly from Near Automata's like reject file. Um, it has a difficulty at showing you sense of scale. Um, the environments are not destructible because. It's like they built buildings that were meant to hold mechs instead of people, which is another problem with most bad mech games. They look like they have built buildings to hold mechs instead of people. The problem of scale. Why would you build a building to hold mechs? You know, oh, endless skyscrapers built at the scale of mechs. The other thing is this game... Okay, so... That 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 really hurts. That hurts this game a lot. As good as it looks and as pretty as the environments are, they're not that original. Um, at least so in so far as what I've seen, I've only seen the. I've not beaten the first fucking boss. Spent two hours in this game yesterday, and I could not beat the fucking first fucking boss. And it's like just it's it's bleh, it's pretty asinine to not be. The tutorials come too late. This is a from software hallmark. Um, you know, like, oh, okay, yeah, you f- they make you fail five times before they tell you anything about how to use your fucking mech without just random button mashing and experimenting, and it's not going to get you very far. Um, the number one critique, it, th- it feels like Prince of Persia in 3D. Like a magical Prince of Persia who can fly around. Um, it should not be a mech game. In fact, they should not have made this game as a mech game. That is what I'm saying right now. Over the next week, I will get more time in it and it is very fun to play. It is not Armored Core. It is not a mech game. It does not play like a mech game. It doesn't even play like a Gundam game. It plays like a new type of mech game. Which, if that's what they wanted to do, why don't they fucking come up with their own franchise name instead of slapping the Armored Core fucking branding on it, which has already been beaten to hell by every fucking company that's ever inherited it. Like a fucking, to quote Baldur's Gate 3, been beaten up and tossed around so much like a clown in a tragedy. Um, already, why do you have to fucking vitiate the franchise even more still, when this is like part of, I don't even know, because I, I didn't get to play uh, AC5 or AC4, um, and I, I did play some of AC3 and it was fucking awful, I think, if I remember correctly, I might be com- 
confusing. Mm. So, this feels like you're a bipedal magician who can fly around and stuff, but you have very poor weapons. And <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a technological feat that they actually get the game to play so well with just. Uh, a dual stick controller and the four buttons that you have but it could have easily just as, just as easily been made with a bipedal human model it like fundamentally confuses that aspect they remade a mech game in exactly their from software uh, standard pipeline design ethos which is you know and by the way I'm not saying that from software games are not good I'm saying it's not a design ethos that I appreciate or enjoy. Repetition for the sake of brutality, for sheer hardness's sake, is not... I mean, yeah, sure, among like burnout fucking 80s arcade gamers like me, sure, I have a certain appreciation for a game that, you know, will challenge you very hard for a long time. But guess what? I'm fucking 43 years old. I've beaten so many fucking games. I don't... This is not a new thing to me, and it's a regressive design ethos. It, it's a literally going back to the past, we'll make games faster and cheaper with a pretty good degree of, you know, baseline quality running throughout that'll be above average, but we will do so and we will uh, get uh, gamers to love us by hurting them, by making them have to replay the same sequences over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. The only game in which I forgive this, as mentioned before, are Sekiro and um, Dark Souls 1. And Elden Ring a little bit. I, I didn't get to play enough of Elden Ring. I liked Elden Ring quite a bit, though. Um, so, it doesn't feel like a mech. And the combat and everything is beyond Gundam stupid. Remember when I said, like, you know, this has to be a delicate, tactical, real-time, strategic balancing act between your actual mech's resources, your jump jets. You have to be monitoring things. You know what I mean? You have to be able to fucking see and identify and formulate in real time a very dynamic, highly destructive plan to not only inflict damage, but to also escape from damage. That's one thing that the game seems to overly rely on in a simplified sense, where it's not like a any other mech game that you've ever played, and it certainly is not like Armored Core. Um, and that's unfortunate, because there's just, like, one fucking charge thing, and then there are meters, I don't know where they are, but, like, you have this voiceover in your head from, you know, your ship system, I guess, um, that, you know, it's like, oh, your, your right arm, your right hand is at 50%, um, ammo, your left hand is at 50%, or your left shoulder is at 50%. I don't even know what the left shoulder does. So you have basically an assault rifle that you hold in a robotic hand. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. It does not make any fucking sense why you would do that. That you have to reload, which you don't use your robotic hand for, or that I can see. And there's no meter for how much, and you have a limited amount of ammo, you have a limited amount of health, you have health upgrades, like, you know, like, literally, like, health potions, but for a mech, 
Oh yeah, you see, this sounds like a lot like Sekiro. Um, are you being feel me? It does not sound like a mech game. How do I have? And you can't salvage anything from any of the things that you kill. Um, and it's mission based, story driven combat. I'm not going to talk about the story because it's ridiculous. Furthermore, the game uses a it confuses itself further and dis and literally disambiguates itself from any attachment to being a mech game with the inclusion of idiotic shit from fucking 3D platformers like jump pads, which is like. I'm in a fucking mech. If I can't jump that high, why do they make a jump pad that would jump a mech way higher than I can already fucking jump? Makes no fucking sense. It just, and, and it just does not make sense. And then there's, you know, the boss encounter that you, you, you reach at like the end of the first thing, which I've not been able to beat, but I did discover the the plasma sword at the very end last night, but by then I was so disgusted, and I just fucking turned the game off, um, but the game is really fun to play you have to, like, divorce yourself from the idea that this is an armored core game, or that this is even a mech game, the game has nothing to do with either of those two subjects so and then it's not helped by From's idiotic reliance on hard and repetitive instead of good and balanced. Uh, and there's not many mech games that... Th- there's a thousand ways for this game to have failed, in my estimation. Any mech game can fail in a thousand fucking ways, because I have very strong opinions about this. But, um, if you can't tell, let me tell you how I really think. Uh, <laughs> but This game ultimately begs one final question. And this is like an inward question for for everybody. It's not just for me. You know, I'm I'm like a reflection of the community. And I like I, I have like my own prism and I take that beam, but like I can see where things are going. I know what needs to happen. You know what I mean? Like I like uh, I know the games that are absent from the gaming universe that that you know, I can tell, and if I ask anybody, well, most people, you know, it depends on the type of game. Um, you know, man, you know, when was the last, what was the last good mech game you played? Everyone has an answer. And I probably disagree with a lot of their answers, but that's just based off my personal preferences. It does not mean from a critical perspective that I disagree. Um, there are some great mech games that I just don't want to fucking play. Cause it's like not my style of mech game. You understand what I'm saying? And I can appreciate their own critical, you know, so like, what's, what's missing in the market? Well, what was missing in the market was not this game. What was missing in the market was a real sequel to Armored Core 2, even. Even if it had to be an arena shooter, which would have been ridiculous, but, and oversimplified and too stupid and, 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 etc. But they take this in the opposite direction. And they should not have put the Armored Core name on this game. But ultimately, what it comes down to is a question that we all have to ask ourselves. And this is, I'm gonna, you know, like, I don't want to be hypocritical here. Like, ultimately, do we want games that live up to, like, a legacy of a franchise if they're surviving in name only under that brand name? Like a fucking vampire, like a zombie franchise, like a zombie process. It just keeps going and going and going, like fucking Call of Duty. Um, all this shit which has been going on for 20 years now. 
And that's fine, because that's how the industry survives. You have to make your bread and butter of games that aren't too different. But the AAA establishment and From Software has now become definitely part of the AAA establishment. Quote-unquote AAA establishment. I don't even like that term. Um, in fact, yeah, I vowed never to say it again, I think, two years ago on this podcast. But do we want games that live up to that legacy of their forebears, or do we want something new, a new spin on that legacy? Do we want Super Mario 2, or do we want Super Mario World? I would say we want Super Mario World. I would say we want to retain the same gameplay uh, qualities, predominantly side-scrolling, you know, predominantly fairly, basically linear, with a limited amount of choice, uh, but vastly improved. More depth and shading is added. If you look at those two games, if you look at Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario World, they are obviously two different generations of game. And one has... Forgetting the graphics, because the graphics are just cosmetic. The graphics will always get better. The graphics will always get better. Especially with AI. The graphics will always get better. So... Oh, and by the way, the game on my 4090 runs fucking lickety split goddamn double edge fucking oh my god, it's so smooth and it's so pretty, it's very fucking pretty, but do not be fooled by the graphics, do not be fooled by cheap imitations you know what I mean, like that is just the candy the game has to be good so do we want games that live up to the legacy of a franchise or do we want something new and if we want something new do we want something new in the franchise you see what I'm saying because that's going to break things that's always going to break things so until like I have a more fully functional fucking formulated uh, critical opinion like I, I need more time to know if I truly fucking hate this game as much as I mean I find it revolting but it is fun to play it's also very hard it's also very stupid hard it's also very stupid in a lot of ways it also breaks things that I think are fundamental to making a really good mech game. But those are things... I'm old as fuck. Those are things that I think make a really good mech game. This might be the mech game of the future. I don't know, but I will... You know, this is... I mean, this is the luxury of having 10 years of being on the record for every fucking game that I've ever fucking played over those 10 years. And then going back another 10 years, I got fucking 8 years of fucking game criticism in print. So it's like, you can, you will, that type of perspective, I think, is somewhat unique. Having to, on a constant weekly basis, do this and evaluate games in this way, I think is what, if there's anything good about this podcast, other than the community and people, cool people that are going to meet and stuff, That is what makes this podcast actually really good. That, and you know that I will never lie to you. Um, Like, I... (laughs) I'm gonna tell you the fucking truth. You know, the truth is I see it, and that's every critic's purview. 
So, but this is, this is a fundamental contradiction here because just look at if I, if I hold Baldur's Gate 3 to the same standards, I mean, Baldur's Gate 3 is the exact same as Baldur's Gate 1. It's the same old fucking thing all over again. And yet I hate Call of Duty and revile Call of Duty. But I have my own reasons for that that are not based on the actual individual games. They're based off of shit that I learned as a critic from covering that specific franchise and that industry in its nascent form when they launched a concerted campaign that continues to this day to dull down their users and meter the amount of time that one will be able to play the game before buying the same game again um, which is a destructive cycle um, that you know damages everyone except for the people at the top of the industry and that's you know what I've been ranting about now for 20 years, um, and it continues, but not unabated. It has been abated. I don't even know if that's a word. It has been massively damaged by the overall democratization of the game marketplace, of being able to reach huge numbers of gamers through the marketplace known as Steam, an integrated marketplace, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then further, um, through Linux, but but the the contradiction there is still Baldur's Gate three is exactly more of the same, but better, vastly improved, and alongside of it, though ironically, some of some of the bugs are vastly improved, are vastly uh, exacerbated as well. But that's only due to the like the fucking overall depth and complexity. It adds shading, it adds depth, it makes the game deeper and more real. And so that is like, that's, I think, like an ideal sequel for me. Sometimes, though, I love it where we switch perspectives or whatever, or like Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, one of the greatest fucking games ever made. So what I get, I, and I know it's important, and this is not a full review, this is just my first impressions, but it's important to get it out there, because this is an expensive game, and it runs fucking awesome on Linux. I ran out of the box on Linux and it has great controls they're not perfect, but they're really good, and the graphics are just amazing, and it's just not a mech game so should I be happy with it just not being a mech game or is it my job to be the one person who stands up and says, no this is not a get good fucking moment, you idiot fucking internet troll fucking losers, you dipshit morons who wouldn't know a fucking critical opinion if you had one and it fucked you in your ass and your sleep and then get, slit your fucking throat and then the moment before you died stared deep into your eyes and said look into my eyes! You wouldn't even recognize it. No. Get good. Fuck you. I've gotten better at more games than you ever played. I'll kick your ass, motherfucker. And that's where, you know, that's not a constructive line of thought or criticism, but that is like the the pace and the, the tone and tenor of criticism on the internet these days. So I think it's my job to stand up and go, you know, this is not actually a fucking mech game, and From Software has no business making this game. It is very fun to play, though. And for non-purists or for people who don't share necessarily my same 
um, particular, meticulously old, old aesthetic and concept of what makes a great mech game. Maybe this is the new great mech game, um, which would be sad, but, you know, progress marches on. Uh, that's what the novel I'm writing is all about. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm over halfway done now. It is fucking crazy. You can't, here's, for those of you who, who want to write and stuff, I never could write fiction to save my life. I was always a good journalist. Well, not a good journalist. I, I hated doing real journalism, like crime reporting and politics reporting. I hated it. Um, it's very hard to do that kind of work uh, and to do it well. But to be an entertainment writer and to be a critic, which is the same thing, you have to like hold yourself to certain standards. You can't just fucking willy-nilly decide that you hate a game. You have to fucking justify your opinions. And I think that so far, mine are justified, but I will give this game 20 more hours before I review it. And that's part of the way that we do things here. That's why that safeguard exists. That's why when I created this fucking thing, that's why that is the fucking bare minimum. Because I have to fucking spend at least six, 18 more hours, 17 more hours with this fucking game before I decide if it's just too hard for me and I need to get good which has never happened before in my entire fucking life. And now that I have my thumb back, I can play a dual stick game now. My thumb is in better shape. It's not, it's like maybe a 40%, but you know, it's long nine months from zero. I mean, literally I couldn't pick up a fucking couldn't pick up a shot glass with my left hand. But, um, so yeah, that's where that's where we're going to leave it. I think it's my job to say X, Y, and Z premise the first, premise the second, premise the third. This is why From Software should not be allowed, or should not should not have made this game. I don't know the backstory. I don't have access to type of um, journalistic context that I would need to really get that um, from first-hand reporting, but We'll see. I'm gonna. I will struggle. I will bang out 20 hours of this game, and one way or another, it will be reviewed, and you will hear it here on Best Links Games Podcast, the only show where Ivor Molina. Right, that's 10 minutes, right, Ivor? Ah, good, awesome, perfect. Where Ivor Molina is about to die. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, oh, four or five times. We're going to have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy, yaddy, four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess.
things is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.